Namaste and welcome to Vedanta, the River of Wisdom podcast. A podcast that brings to you the ancient flowing tradition that reveals you are pure being having a human experience. I am Swamini B. I'm your guide by the side. Let us flow you and I on the banks of the River of Wisdom. The sixth chapter of the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad has a section on meditation which includes a story. It's a dispute between the various organs of the human body about which one was the greatest. Unable to resolve the matter amongst themselves, the organs of the human body approached Brahman, the creator, and asked, Which of us is the Vasishtha, the greatest. The creator replied, The one after whose departure you consider the body to be worse off is the greatest among all of you. Bark, the organ of speech, went out of the body for a year. After staying out for an entire year, it came back and asked, how did you manage to live without me? They replied, We lived just as dumb people do, without speaking to the organ of speech, but breathing prana, seeing through the eyes, hearing through the ears, knowing through the mind, and having children through the organ of reproduction. So the organ of speech re-entered the body. The chakshuhu, I, went out of the body. After staying out for the entire year, it came back and asked, How did you manage to live without me? They said, We lived just as blind people do, without seeing through the eye, but breathing prana, speaking through the organ of speech hearing through the ear, knowing through the mind, and having children through the organ of reproduction. So, the eye re-entered the body. The shrotram, ear, went out. After staying out for the entire year, it came back and asked, How did you manage to live without me? And the rest of the organs said, we lived just as deaf people do, without hearing through the ear, but breathing prana, speaking through the organ of speech, seeing through the eye, knowing through the mind, and having children through the organ of reproduction. So the ear re-entered the body. The manaha, mind, went out of the body. After staying a whole year outside, it came back and asked, How did you manage to live without me? And they said, We lived just as fools do, without knowing through the mind, but breathing prana, speaking through the organ of speech, seeing through the eye, hearing through the ear, and having children through the organ of reproduction. So the mind re-entered the body.
The organ of reproduction then went out. After staying a whole year outside, it came back and asked, How did you manage to live without me? And they said, We lived just as eunuchs do, without having children through the organ of reproduction, but living through prana, speaking through the organ of speech, seeing through the eye, hearing through the ear, and knowing through the mind. So the organ of reproduction re-entered the body. Then, as the prana was about to go out, it uprooted those organs, just as a great horse pulls out the pegs to which her feet are tied. The organs immediately pleaded, Please do not go out. We cannot live without you. And so prana, also loosely translated as life breath, was identified as that without which the body is worse off and will not survive. So prana says, all right, then pay me a tribute. The organ of speech said, that attribute of the Vashishta which I have is actually yours. If there's anything great about me, it's all thanks to you. The I said, that attribute of steadiness which I have really belongs to you. The year said, that attribute of prosperity which I have is yours. And the mind said, that attribute of being the abode which I have is really yours, prana. The organ of reproduction said, the attribute that I have of reproduction is really yours. So all the gunas, the different organs of the body had, be they karmendriya, the organ of action, jnanendriya, the organ of knowledge, or even the manas, the mind, all of them acknowledged that their gunas belonged to prana alone and thus glorified prana. Even the fact that they could glorify was because of the presence of prana. We acknowledge and marvel at this subtle form called prana or vayu at the level of totality, which cannot be seen, but experienced all the time as Ishvara. And hence we can so effortlessly say in the Shanti Mantra, Namaste Vayo Tvaveva Pratyaksham Brahmasi Saying Namaste to Vayu, You indeed are Brahman, the limitless being. Although we think and speak of prana or breath as my breath, it is not something that belongs to any one of us and it cannot be possessed. Prana or breath is available to us as a gift, always enveloping us in an embrace every moment of one's life. In Sanskrit, living beings are called prani, 
which literally means those who breathe. Breathing is the most powerful indicator of presence of life in the human body. And yet, the question that begs to be asked is, does prana function independently or does it depend on anything else? Prana is an important aspect of the subtle body which pervades the gross physical body. The subtle body, Sukshma Sharira, is that which is apanchi krita pancha mahabhutaihi, made up of the ungrossified five great elements and consists of pancha jnanendriyani, five sense organs of knowledge, pancha karmendriyani, five organs of action, pancha prana dayaha, fivefold pranas which are like an energy system that make the functions of respiration, digestion, circulation, assimilation and evacuation possible. In addition to these 15, the subtle body, sukshma sharira, also consists of manaha, which is the seat of desires, buddhihi, the intellect, which is a deciding function, and chittam, which is a memory of experiences, and the ahankara, the sense of I, which holds it all together. How did the sukshma sharira, the subtle body, come about? Kritam satkarma janyam. It was born because of the right actions of the past. What is its function? Sukhadukkadi bhoga sadhanam. It is the instrument for all the experiences of pleasures and sorrows, as it is a subtle body which pervades the entire cross body. It helps us to transact in the world. So you see, prana is really an aspect of our subtle body, and atma, the limitless being, is sharira vyatirikthaha other than the body. It is the Atma that is the basis of all life and not Prana. The physical body or the subtle body, including the Prana, is neither self-existing nor self-sustaining. If Prana functioned independently, we would not be able to perform Pranayama. Pranayama, one of the Angas of Ashtanga Yoga, involves accumulating, expanding and working with our prana. Think about it. If prana was indeed independent, then how would we regulate it? Without a doubt, pranayama is an important part of one's sadhana. But to equate oneself to one's prana is an error that we refer to as pranamaya kosha. Identifying oneself only with prana and its many aspects is an error that needs to be corrected. And so it's amply clear that prana at the level of the individual cannot function on its own. Its total counterpart, vayu, is also dependent on something else. In the absence of atma, 
The body is jadam, inert, lifeless matter. If you are not fully convinced and think prana is life, try seeing the poignant scene of oxygen being pumped into a lifeless body. Surely, with the help of oxygen cylinders and oxygen concentrators, we could have lived forever if indeed prana alone sustained life. It sounds ironical that prana gives life, but its form is not self-existent. Ishvara is present as the Atma, that Atma which is other than the gross, subtle and causal body, the sthula, sukshma and karana sharira. To dwell more on this, please listen to the episode 164, Who Dies, the Atma or the Body? Continuing, in the absence of the invisible Atma, as Chandogya Upanishad puts it, the body will not live. The Taitriya Upanishad indicates this when revealing how Brahman manifested as space from which came air. Tasmadva etasmad Akasha sambhutaha Akashad vayuhu Both space and air are karyam, effect, and cannot exist without the cause Brahman, that is the Atma. Later, the Upanishad says, Bhisha smatvatavpavate The air vayu performs its function of moving in fear-like reverence of Ishvara. It cannot function on its own. It has a dependent existence on Brahman, that is Ishvara. The Kena Upanishad speaks of Brahman or God as Pranasya Pranaha, the breath of the breath. Katopanishad describes Ishvara as Urdhvam Pranamunnayati Apanam Pratyagasyati the one who pushes the prana upwards and downwards. Taitriya Upanishad also rhetorically asks, Who would breathe in and who would breathe out if God was not there? In fact, for most of the time, we are not even aware that we are breathing. Like the breath, Ishwara or Brahman sustains our lives. Just as inattentive as we are to Ishwara, so too, we are to our breath. Just as Vayu, air, has no boundaries, Ishvara or the Atma that is you cannot be contained within any boundaries. You are free of prana and as though lend reality to prana. You as the Atma are ever free, boundless, here and everywhere, then and now. You matter. Your life matters. What you do with your life matters. Thank you for listening.
If you found this episode helpful and offering insight, I do hope you will consider sharing this with your friends, family and on social media for more happiness, more wisdom and more freedom. Do subscribe to our monthly newsletter Arshavidya Bharati. Details are given in the description of the episode. I love to hear from you. If you want to offer your feedback or ask a question, the email ID is swaminiji@discoveratma.com. That's S W A M I N I G I at discoveratma.com. As always, thank you for listening and we will meet next week.